For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, today there are many Americans, as a matter of fact, I would say a majority of the Americans, since a majority voted for Hillary, who are frightened, angry, and being chased around by some of the more primal emotions regarding survival. Short of immigrating to Canada, what can we do about these emotions? Well, not only are we often caught between the polarities of repression and expression, But many people tell us that we should somehow make these emotions go away because they're negative. They're not spiritual. What if there is no such thing as a negative or a positive emotion? What if we've been labeling these emotions based on societal demands for compliance for a flat line of emotional responses? Is it possible that these difficult emotions can actually facilitate our growth, our healing, our ability to self-direct? Stay here to find out. So, okay, so what's going on? Many people are perceiving that we have uh, now a new fascist dictator for our president and that he is appointing many other people who will follow the fascist fascist, um, philosophy of uh, give us what we want or else. Um, And um, a lot of bias, a lot of hate, a lot of uh, people really concerned about their own safety uh, particularly Muslims, the LGBT people, um, uh, African Americans, Native Americans, people that are mar- have been marginalized for many centuries, uh, are now being told that they might uh, be unsafe, and uh, so they're very frightened. So, what do we do with that? Well, some of you will move to Canada. Some of you will move to Mexico. Some of you will move to Ireland and England or Europe. Others of us don't have the finances or uh, the uh, wherewithal to move to another nation or another uh, continent. And we are therefore left with what can we do? Well, another thing we can do is we can do something. We can join groups to actually um, protest. We can join groups to um uh, you know, write how we feel and uh, we can meet with these groups and and uh, put our energies together to see what we can accomplish. We can sign petitions to ask for what we want. There are things that we can do with our energy. Um, but that doesn't necessarily make the fear go away, which is what we want it to do. So let's talk about this thing about uh, going away. So for centuries, we actually since the beginning of our history as a humanity, as a collective, 
we have uh, been trying to make the inner person invisible. We've been trying to not notice what she wants to tell us. Um, And I say she because that is the feminine archetype. The feminine archetype addresses the interiority of the collective humanity and the individual humanity. Um, The the, uh, uh, masculine archetype um, is about uh, taking what we found in the interior and manifesting in in the exterior, in the external. So what that means is that if I've if in the in the perfect scenario of the really good mother and the really good father my my good mother would teach me how to go inside and find out who I am and what I want and what my desires are and to listen to the messages of my emotions and to seek self-guidance from the inside and the uh the good father would teach me how to take what I found in there and manifest it in the external world. So if I'm a very particularly empathic person, I might manifest a career where I use my empathy as a primary skill. Um, If I am particularly creative, I might become an artist in the external world. So you see, that would be the best use of the combination of the masculine and feminine. What we have tried to do is live half-lives. We have tried to eliminate the feminine aspect entirely and live only from the external or the masculine archetype. And so what that means is that we've got a distorted view of life. All of life is about how we can survive in the external world. There's not much that going on there about how we can live, how we can be, how we can be present with, how we can experience being, how we can experience our own internal self-guidance. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about how to do that. Um, but, but first we have to understand that because we lived in a world where most of what we, uh, we identify with is external, uh, we don't look in the mirror and see ourselves. We look in the mirror and see the image that we think other people have of us. And we strive to live into that image or live away from that image. And, and that is a large part of what we're doing. And it's really sad because we, that's not really living. And maybe, maybe just maybe, uh, this is an opportunity. Uh, if there's a silver lining here in, um, in the election of a fascist president, it would be in the fact that we can perhaps deal with our fear in a way that gets us to self-guidance and self-guidance can perhaps get us to another place externally as well. So, okay, we sort of live in this seesaw uh, caught between the polarities of repression and expression. So what we do, we tend to repress, tell ourselves not to feel a given feeling, don't be afraid, don't cry, don't be sad, don't don't be angry. Don't feel these things. Just don't. Push those things away because those are bad emotions and we don't want to feel those. We've been taught that since the beginning of time, that these are bad emotions. We're going to talk some more about that in a little while. But uh, we also have, uh, you know, this container within us that gets overloaded. So I'm pushing down all my anger, I'm pushing down all my fear, I'm pushing down all my sorrow, I'm pushing down all these feelings that are really difficult for me to live with because I just don't want to feel them. And so I'm pushing them away from my conscious experience so I just can't feel them at all. 
And then one day somebody drops some proverbial straw and I blow. I either start crying and I don't know why or I, I'm extremely afraid. I have a panic attack and I don't know why or I uh, get really angry and I just blow my stack and I don't know why. Uh, the reason we don't know why is because it's coming from the deep recesses of the unconscious and we've detached uh, it from its the reasons we first repressed it. So we can't, it's just this big feeling and we don't know what it's attached to because we've detached it in order to put it into the unconscious. Uh, so what we do is we go through that teeter-totter. And if we're not doing it that way, in, a, in either repression or sort of some kind of blow-up episode of either anger, fear, or sorrow, then we, then we let it out in these little sarcastic episodes. Now, I, I love you know, sarcasm. I'm, I'm among the more sarcastic people when it comes to being humorous. But when I do it, I'm really trying to be humorous. I'm not trying to be uh, passive-aggressive. But very often, sarcasm can become passive-aggressive because it um, it means that I'm really telling you how I feel, but I don't want to say it really directly because if I say it really directly, then you're going to get it, what I mean, and you're not going to like it, and then you might not like me. So I don't want to take that risk. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just kind of say it in a half-hearted way so you don't really get it. You suspect that I might mean X, Y, or Z, but you don't really, can't really be sure of it. So one way I could do that is to say something uh, that's kind of aggressive or hateful or uh, disarming or uh, hostile to you. And then when you look up at me like, what did you just say? Then I might laugh and say, oh, I was just joking. So then you go, well, was she joking or did she really mean that? And I'm just going to go right ahead and say, if anybody does that, just assume they really meant it, because they probably did. But uh, so, so that's a way of being passive-aggressive. Another way is to say something under your breath so that nobody really gets it. They know that you're mad. They don't know why you're mad. They don't know what you're mad about, but they know you're mad, and you think that's enough, that they're going to figure out why you're mad. If they figure out that you're mad, they'll figure out why you're mad. Another way to do that is to is to kind of half-heartedly say what you want to say or do something that shows how angry you are, um, like stop speaking as much or stop making as much eye contact or stop being as affectionate or as friendly. And uh, then somebody can go, oh, well, you know, she must be mad at me because I did X, Y, and Z. I've literally heard people in my office say to me, oh, they know why. They know why I'm mad because I stopped speaking to them. And I would say, well, how, are you sure that they really know exactly why you're mad? Oh, yeah, they know. Of course they know. I stopped speaking to them, so therefore they know. So there's a lot of magical thinking that fills in the gap between what I'm doing and what you're getting out of what I'm doing. Um, and very commonly what I find out is that the person that they were mad at and weren't speaking to had no clue, didn't even notice that they weren't speaking. So they had no idea whatsoever that they were mad or why they were mad. So, um, you know, these things are uh, filled with a lot of magical thinking. It means I don't really have to take the risk to let you know how I feel. As a matter of fact, I don't really have to take the risk to let me know how I feel. 
Um, and so that, so we have a lot of that going on. A lot of uh, a lot of just this idea that that I, I, I'm I'm not really supposed to express myself. Uh, so that that's a passive aggressive way of dealing with it, and, uh, and 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 that's what we've explored. But so we're caught between these two ways of dealing with emotions. Either I'm going to repress it, I'm going to passive aggressively express it, or I'm going to blow in a big aggressive episode. Um, either it's aggressive against you or aggressive against me. I might even have a panic attack. And that's a way of sort of aggressively expressing to myself how scared I really am. So, uh, so you know, we, we operate in that conundrum. And we teeter-totter back and forth on like a seesaw between those two ways of dealing with emotions. And what we don't do, therefore, is we don't really sit with our emotions and begin to understand what they're trying to tell us. We don't see emotions as part of an internal guidance system, which they absolutely are. Um, and we don't see them as ways of self-guiding. So uh, here's what I'm not saying. I want to be really clear about that. I'm not saying if I'm angry at you and feel like punching your lights out that I should go punch your lights out. It's not these messages from the soul are not that direct. They're, you know, it's, they're a little bit like dreams, not all, all the way like dreams, but a little bit like dreams in that. A dream doesn't come directly and say to you, get up now and go write a book. Um, it might give you symbols about how unhappy you are doing what you're doing. Or it might give you symbols about writing. Or it might give you a riddle to uh, sort of figure out to tell you what, what, you know, that you're unhappy and that you need to explore other options. And our emotions are the same way. They don't come to us with a direct message from the gods going, okay, here's what you need to do. We have to sit with them and sort of suss out the message. But we are not willing to do that. Why? And here's the big, the big deal. We have come from generations and generations and generations and generations and generations of people who have taught us that they really want for us to not have any emotional responses. We're just supposed to flatline that. Why? Because it makes them uncomfortable. And it has a domino effect. So if mama says to his son, don't cry, don't be angry, stop being afraid, you know, those things over and over again, then what her son learns is, I'm not supposed to be angry, I'm not supposed to be afraid, I'm not supposed to be sad. And that's what he'll try to do. And and so he, he does that because she doesn't want to have to deal with his emotions. He tries to, to do what she tells him to do because that's what us that must be what people are supposed to do. And so he does, and then he passes that down, and, and then that person passes that down, and we just keep passing this information down and down and down because our, um, our emotions make people uncomfortable. Um, they don't want to know that we have emotions. They want us to be, you know, happy and, and uh, make them feel good all the time. They don't want to have to feel like they have to be there for us in our emotions. They don't want to have to feel like that they are, um, that we are, we need them. They don't want to, they don't know what to do with their own emotions, much less ours. And so there's just a societal kind of society-wide response to emotions that says, just don't, just don't, don't feel it, don't think it, don't be it. Don't have it. I don't want to see it. Um, now, that's beginning to change. The, the generations that are coming up in the past um, 
you know, 10, 15 years have begun the process of saying it's okay to feel emotions. It's okay to be there for your friends. It's okay to, to notice. But there's still a large segment of society that kind of insists upon us subtly and overtly uh, this idea that we're not supposed to feel emotions. And so we try really hard to sort of flatline it in front of everyone else. And then we come home and we feel our emotions or we try again to not feel them. So we live in this world where we're, we're separate from our emotions. So how are we going to get any internal guidance if we don't even know what's going on in there? It's not going to be possible. So our job then is to become acquainted with those emotions and to learn what they're trying to say to us. But we're really afraid of doing that. First, we're afraid because we feel like it's betraying some societal ethic for us to explore our own emotions. Isn't that silly? I mean, doesn't that mean there's something wrong with you if you have to sit and explore your mind? I mean, who wants to sit around looking at their navel all the time? You know, that kind of stuff. So we, we just don't want to do it. Plus, there's some work to it. There's some work to being with yourself enough to get acquainted with your emotions. After you've done the work, it comes more naturally. but And, and it's easier and you get a real quick assessment of what's going on inside you and can respond much more much faster than you can in the beginning when you start the work but that's not what we know we know that the work comes in and we feel these emotions we don't want to have to feel we're embarrassed most of the time for feeling these emotions we don't we feel that 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 you know there's something to be ashamed of in feeling our emotions and and not only have we betrayed a societal value but we have also somehow betrayed ourselves because we're really supposed to be strong people, right? And strong people don't get really afraid. Strong people don't get really um, scared and have a panic attack. Strong people don't uh, get sorrowful. They don't cry for long periods of times about a grief experience. They just get on past it. I have literally heard people say, to someone who's just lost a significant other, you know, two weeks later, aren't you over that yet? Uh, we, we just have this idea that that uh, that that we're supposed to just get on with life, just stop feeling it and get on with life, and that's completely unrealistic. And some of us have begun the process of realizing that. So right now, there's a lot of fear going around. There's a lot of people that are really scared. And there are things, as I said in the beginning of the show, that we can do to fight uh, a fascist uh, control of, the, uh, of a democratic government. Uh, but we also are, a, and because we are a collective, we have that power of the collective, which was given to us in the Declaration of Independence and in our Constitution. We have that power. We don't often utilize that power, again, because that's just not what we've done. But uh, but we have, we have it, and that's something we can actually do to join forces with other people. But in the interim, what do we do with the fear? What do we do with the fear? So we're going to be talking about that a lot more as we go through this show. And uh, you want to stay tuned because we're going to talk about some real specific things that you can actually do with your emotions that can help you learn to self-guide. So we'll be back right after the break.
the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you just seem to be stuck in the same pattern over and over? Sometimes life seems to be about just spinning your wheels. It never has to be that way. Listen for Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with host Christy Ellen, the Mosaic Shaman. Mosaic art is a lot like pieces of our lives. They just need to be put back together, one piece at a time. You deserve to live a happy life. We hope you'll tune in. Welcome to the Mosaic Garden airs live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. It's important to know as energetic beings how to feel grounded and healthy. We strive to help teach about the energetics within you and the world around you. Listen for Three Petals Healing with host Lauren Dillon Merrill. Through her experience and that of her guests, Lauren will bring you the support, encouragement, and knowledge to discover this every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back talking today about how to deal with difficult emotions, particularly in this season in which we are trying to figure out what we're going to do about the new incoming president and his appointees, uh, And because there's a lot of fear, as we said in the beginning, going around. But before we talk about that any further, I want to tell you, I love Super Soul Sunday. I can't wait for the season to start, and I hate it when the season's over, and I love to watch the reruns. So if you've missed any of this past season's Super Soul Sunday episodes, you can go to supersoul.tv to watch them anytime, day or night. Watch them more than once, and each time you watch, you'll get something you missed the last time. Super Soul Sunday uh, is an excellent opportunity for us to get acquainted with new thoughts, new ideas about uh, living a spiritual life, living a full life, living a, a, a fulfilled life. And uh, so you don't want to miss any of these great episodes. Again, supersoul.tv to watch anytime, day or night. We're talking today about how to uh, deal with difficult emotions. And that term deal with is one of the things that we 
we have used over the years. It's like we want to handle them. We want to con- the word control comes to mind as well. How to control your emotions, how to manage your emotions, how to deal with your emotions. Those are the things we we usually say. And really, those words are are external views of emotions. Those are I'm I'm this external being, and I'm going to reach inside myself, and I'm going to put this emotion on a self. I'm going to take this one out and cook it for a while. No, maybe not. I don't think I like that taste. So I'll put that on the shelf too, and I will just you know close the cabinet doors, and that's how I'll deal with my emotions. Um, we we tend to think that if we go inside at all, it's to control. And that's a very uh, uh, externalized concept of emotions. What we don't want to do and have not been taught to do is to go inside and sit with our emotions and allow them to speak to us. And that's what we're going to be talking about. But before we go there, I want to talk about one more thing that I see a lot on Facebook and Twitter and, uh, you know, all the little social media sites that people are telling us not to feel certain emotions because they're negative. And not only are they negative, but we're being warned that if we feel these emotions, we're going to have bad physical results. So if you have anger, you might have a heart attack or high blood pressure. If you have fear, you might, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, this is really dangerous stuff that's being taught uh, because what they're, what they're saying is, be afraid of your own emotions because they can kill you. And that is so far away from what our emotions have come to do. Our emotions have come to give us life. They've come to give us a really fulfilled life. And so we think that you know we aren't supposed to be feeling them when in fact we're supposed to not only feel them but hear their message. So this idea that they're negative has been going around for a while, particularly since the onset of what has come to be called the law of attraction, which started back started to become known back in the late uh, 1980s um, with Esther and Jerry Hicks' work, work, and then became further known by Rhonda Byrne with The Secret. And um, yeah, so I've written a book. Some of you already know this that I've written a book that was uh, it's been. Uh, th- several years now that I wrote the book uh, called The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can, in which we discuss all the intricacies of that law of attraction. And one of those is that if you feel negative emotions, you're going to draw negative events into your life. And so that's another one. Not only are you going to get sick and die, but now you're going to draw all kinds of terrible things into your life too because you've just felt some quote-unquote negative emotions. All of that is bunk, okay? What the real law of attraction is, and the, and the book goes into this in detail, is we're attracted to and by all of those things, people, places, events, and circumstances that are meant to bring us closer and closer to full awareness of who we are as divine beings. That is what we're, our soul is attracted to, and it will bring us to those things, and we will accomplish what we came here to accomplish in a given lifetime. And so if you don't believe in reincarnation, that's okay. You can say, I'm going to accomplish my life's goals in this life. If you do believe in reincarnation, what you can say is that lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, incarnation after incarnation after incarnation, what I can get to is a clearer and clearer awareness of who I am in my oneness with the divine, with other people, and with all of nature. 
So, so that's what I believe the law of attraction is really trying to do. We're being attracted to those things that will help us evolve. Um, and sometimes those things are hard and sometimes they're easy. And we would say, well, I didn't choose some of these things. I walked out in the street and there was a bus and it hit me. Well, so I didn't choose that. Correct. You're correct. I would agree with you that you did not choose that. Nonetheless, here it is. So now what are you going to do with it? And that's what, how we then begin to evolve, to accept and receive what is and to begin to deal with it um, uh, in a way that helps us to grow and evolve. But that deal with it, there it is again, right? So what are we going to do with these, these negative emotions that we feel, these quote-unquote negative emotions? Well, first we have to understand there's no such thing as a negative or a positive emotion. Those are terms we made up because some of our emotions make us uncomfortable and some of them don't. The ones that don't make us uncomfortable have been labeled, mislabeled in my opinion, as positive. And the ones that are, don't make us feel so comfortable have been labeled, again, mislabeled in my opinion, as negative so sorrow is a negative emotion because I don't really want to have to feel it. Fear is a negative emotion because it's uncomfortable. Anger is a negative emotion because not only is it uncomfortable for me, but sometimes it's uncomfortable for other people as well. Therefore, these things are considered to be negative. And that is a societal term that has been passed down from since the beginning of time. Only now, it's got a new age word attached to it, negative. Um, so we, we see all these memes on social media sites saying, you know, don't feel negative emotions. Don't feel, think negative thoughts. And if you can be positive all the time, then you will attract positive things in your life and you'll always be happy. And um, I've talked to some of these people on the show. You can go back and listen to some of the episodes previous in the past eight to nine years that I've been doing this show that um, where, you know, people have said um, – yeah, I, I, I want to stay positive all the time. I don't listen to the news. I don't listen to the radio. I don't uh, pay any attention to what's going on around me. I just stay in my own little positive world. And I've said to them, isn't that a little bit like sticking your head in the sand? And they say, well, maybe, but hey, I'm happy, so who cares? Well, you know, I'm going to tell you, I care. And the reason I care is because that's another form of repression. Not only is it repression that might harm you on the ultimate ultimacy of things, but it all, might does also a disservice to other people, particularly now. So today we're talking about what to do with the emotions that have to do with this new fascist regime that's taken over our democracy. Uh, when when we discuss that, you know what we want is for other people to join with us in not allowing this to happen. Both Republicans and Democrats can join together and not allow this to happen. But if some of us are sticking our head in the sand and saying, I'm not going to feel that, I'm not going to listen to that, I'm going to know about that, I don't want to hear about it, don't talk to me about that, it scares me, I don't want to know about it, then those people are not going to be joining. And that means there's just that many people less to help us overcome this thing. And we are going to have to work hard to overcome it because it's big. It's the biggest challenge we've ever had as, the, as an American uh, nation. So uh, I think that challenge is real and it's important and we need to accept it as a real challenge for us and join together to, to do everything we can about it. Nevertheless, we've still got our emotions to contend to. So back to that. Um, so, Okay. If, neg if emotions are not negative and emotions are not positive, 
and they're not supposed to be repressed, and they're not supposed to be expressed all over somebody else, then what are we supposed to do with them? Well, first of all, our emotions are, are and, and this is how I want to define these, they're part of an internal guidance system. So we've got our emotions, all of them, joy, happiness, bliss, um, security, um, and then fear, anger, sorrow. We've got a, l- a long list of feelings of different gradations of feelings all in between that. Angers, uh, the gradations of anger include frustration, irritability, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we have all kinds of feelings that fall in that range, and, uh, and they all have something to give us. Of course, when we're feeling joy, we feel more in touch with other people. We feel more in touch with nature. We feel more in touch with uh, however we see the divine. Um, we, we feel more in touch with uh, our own truest essence. We feel like we're more alive. We feel like we're more grounded. We feel certain that, uh, that we are living in a space of, of contentment and uh, happiness even joy and bliss. And so those emotions bring us to a reality that says this is, this is how life really is. Life really is connected. It really is this one. And it really is this, this fully aware, this present. It really is this. Of course, we can't maintain that feeling. Nobody can maintain that feeling for very long. And so then we come back to these other feelings that come along. And so one of those right now is fear. And sometimes fear also brings anger with it. Because if I'm really afraid, then I need a shield to guide, guard me so that you won't hurt me. And anger can be my shield. I can either uh, physically, mentally, emotionally beat you up because you've scared me. Or I can argue with you and defend myself because you've scared me. I can, you know, yell and scream and holler at everybody along the way because I'm scared. I can do all kinds of angry things because I'm scared. And very commonly, underneath anger, we find a lot of fear. So if you're particularly angry right now, you might want to think about what you're afraid of. And that might give you a clue as to what's really going on here for you. This whole thing has shaken us, so we feel really insecure. And with some real legitimate reasons, we're being threatened. And, and we've seen the um, uh, abuse and harm of, uh, of, of hate crimes that have been perpetrated on people at a higher rate since um, the election of Donald Trump. And we, we know that this is real. We know that the marginalized groups are going to be uh, hurt more because they're being tacit, being given tacit permission by the government to go ahead and hurt people. Um, and uh, of course, they will be arrested if they're caught. Um, I don't know how hardly hard they'll be prosecuted, but they are being arrested if they're caught. And so that's still there. Those laws are still in place, and we need to press those laws to to make sure that we can. Uh, follow up on those things because if they're allowed to get away with it, it will continue. Um, and so that's another thing we can do. That's a doing behavior we can do. But uh, with with regard to the fear, we need to sit with it. Okay, so what do you do when you sit with fear? Well, I think about it in terms of meditation. I think of, uh, of literally sitting down 
sometimes I might do with a pen and piece of paper in my hand, but and and in that way I just sort of let words come out of me that just are telling me what my fear is about. So that's a real productive way to do that. I'm scared of this and this and this and this and this, and that gives me aware of what's really going on inside of me. Some of those fears are going to be rational and some of them are not. And uh, I need to be able to look at that and go, okay, well, that's an irrational fear and this is a rational fear. This one has some basis to it and this one doesn't. Um, and uh, and then to be able to, to self-soothe. And that's one of the things that we also have not been taught. Because we have not been taught to feel our feelings, we haven't been taught that we need to self-soothe. And, you know, one of the things that children come here uh, with is the ability to self-soothe. They uh, they know how to suck their own thumb, and that's how they self-soothe. Now we a lot of times we stick a passy in their mouth, a pacifier in their mouth instead of um, instead of letting them suck their thumb because some children suck their f- thumbs so hard that it messes their teeth up. Uh, some children don't. Uh, some children can suck rather passively and still comfort themselves, but not mess with their teeth. And only your doctor will know for sure. But, uh, you, you know, that ability to self-soothe is something they came here with. They started it in the womb and they brought it with them. And then we teach them to stop doing it eventually. So then what do they do to self-soothe? And that's the big question. We haven't been taught and we aren't teaching our children how to do it. I encourage my clients who are anxious or afraid to uh, literally build a list over time of at least 10 self-soothing skills that they can use to help them calm down. Um, So sitting with my feeling to let it express what it's afraid of, and then once it's expressed, then I'm going to self-soothe, and then I'm going to come back to the feelings and I'm going to uh, really start listening to 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 so what some things that I can do with those feelings that that might really be creative and evolutionary for me. So self-soothing. What do I mean by that? I mean something that calms me down, that makes me feel okay, makes me feel safe, makes me feel that I'm um, that I'm in charge of my life, and that I have the say so, the final say so about what goes on, and I absolutely do. Uh, and um, there are many things that, regardless of the government, cannot be taken from me. And that's something I need to look at and be in charge of. And the more I'm able to self-soothe, the more I can see that. So what self-soothes? Um, some people take a bubble bath. Some people take a walk. Some people call a friend. Some people listen to certain kinds of music, but not other kinds of music, because some kinds of music soothe and some don't. Um, uh uh, sometimes they uh, will dance. I've literally had clients come in and tell me that, I, that they dance in their living room to music or without music um, and that that is very self-soothing to them. I had one client come in and tell me, listen, I figured out one of my self-soothing skills. I need some yogurt, a candle, a TV tray, and a blanket, and I'm good. And that was one of her self-soothing skills that she would just sit with her blanket and her candle and her yogurt, and she was soothed by that. Um, so it's real individual, and only you can experiment with it enough to find out what really does soothe and what really doesn't soothe. Um, and it's that's by paying attention to how it feels once you're doing it. You don't just do it and assume that, oh, well, I'm going to be soothed because I did this thing that everybody says is going to soothe me. 
Rather, it's I look inside and see how I feel in response to what I'm doing and say, yes, this soothed or no, this didn't. Um, so we're going to talk some more about some other skills we can use to, deal, uh, to help us to deal with difficult emotions right after the break. Stay tuned for more. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers but are looking for more? The Open Door. Brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality. Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the 7th Wave Channel. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Talking today about how to deal with the negative emotions or the difficult emotions that come about as a result of this uh, recent election. Um, many are very afraid of what is going on, especially with regard to the appointments that are being made for the cabinet and other positions, uh, appointments that are made uh, all of people who are very have shown a lot of hate and bias against marginalized populations and uh, who are uh, also equally fascist with regard to um, the determination of their will upon the people. So, um we are people who is af- are afraid, and there are things that are going on right now, including 
um, the possibility that the electoral college will change their mind, the recounts that are possibly being that are being done that might make a difference, um, some investigations being done into the actual election itself, um, as to whether or not the Russians hacked into the system. There are things like that that are being done um, that give some hope that we might also turn this thing around and not have uh, a fascist president. But uh, uh, at this time, the president-elect is uh, very much acting in a very fascist uh, way, and there are many people who are very afraid of that and therefore having a difficult time. Um, Suicide hotlines have been... uh, much uh, working very much harder there are more hate crimes happening right now a lot more depression a lot more anxiety going on and and so we need to get a hold of this and so i've come to talk today about how we can do that and uh and so what we've said thus far is that our emotions are meant to be internal guides to us and that one of the things we can do first particularly with fear is to is to get acquainted with what we're afraid of some parts of that will be rational, some parts are irrational, to be able to look at that objectively and say, okay, this is this is an irrational fear. It does help to do that with pen and pencil in hand, to just kind of let the pen bleed out on the paper and say whatever it wants to say, and then go back and look at it, because um, then you can get a more objective view. Then, uh, then after you've done that work, piece of work, then spend some time doing some self-soothing, which I talked about in the last in the last segment, and then um, once you've done that, then come back to your list of fears and 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 do some processing. Okay, so what do I mean by processing? I mean looking at it, examining it, asking it some questions. So most of the time, the things that we're afraid of are in the future. And one of the things I say to people in order to reduce fear and be able to get to what the real guidance is, we don't want to take away the fear. We don't want to tell it that it should go away. What we want to do is... Um, uh, keep it from being so extreme that we can't, uh, that, that it seems to push us into a dark hole. And so we don't want that. That's not, that's not the direction we want to go. So what we want to do is stop future tripping. We want to stay out of the future. Every time you see your mind going into what's going to happen and who's going to hurt me and how's this going to be, um, if you can rein yourself back in and go, okay, wait a minute, that's the future. My crystal ball is broken. I don't know what the future holds. All that I know is right now, I'm okay. And that's a very self-soothing message we can give to ourselves. Right now, I'm okay. And uh, so it's really important to stay there. Um, there may also be some things that you can do to reduce that fear so that it comes into a more a range of uh, something we can do something with. Uh by quoting to yourself specific um, Bible verses or verses from the Bhagavad Gita or verses from the Buddhist sutras or other verses that are sacred texts that are meaningful to you. Meditation very commonly helps people to calm down. Why? Because what happens in meditation that is superior, in my mind, to every other self-soothing skill is that we get in touch with who we are, that deeper self that is always okay. I think of it like the roots of a tree. So uh, the tree is, you know, sitting above ground. We can see it. We can carve our initials in it. We can hang ha- basketball hoops on it. We can climb it. We can knock branches out of it. We can uh, branches sometimes just fall out of it. Sometimes lightning strikes it. This tree has been damaged above ground. But down below the ground where we can't see it, 
The roots are doing just fine, thank you very much. And it's very difficult to kill a tree. So we all have that, that those roots, and I call that the authentic self. That's why this show is called Authentic Living, because I'm trying to help people get in touch with the authentic self. Those roots are just fine, and that's what we get in touch with when we meditate, is that part of us that is just fine and is going to be it knows what to do. It's wisdom. It has the next step available to us if we're listening to it, and our emotions are part of that. So then, you know, meditation is a great skill we can use, but that still doesn't get us to how we can use fear as a self-guide. So then what, so I'm going to go back to my, my list of fears and, and I'm going to look at them. And the ones that are irrational, I'm just going to set them aside right now uh, and look at that later because I am going to look at it, but I'm going to look at it later. Right now, first what I'm going to do is say, what is this particular fear about? Um, and if it's just about future tripping, then I can say, okay, right now I'm okay. But if it's about something legitimate like, you know, I, I, I need to, if I'm an LGBT person, I need, might need to be careful about who I'm exposing myself to. I might need to be, uh, uh, walk different streets if I'm a Muslim or uh, an African-American. I might need to pay attention, in other words, to that fear because it might be telling me something important. And I always say it this way. If I'm a, standing in the middle of the street and there's a Mack truck coming, I need to be afraid because that's what's going to motivate me to get out of the street. And so some of our fears are going to be telling us important things we need to do to take care of ourselves. And we need to listen to those. And that's how they self-guide us. Um, when we go back to the irrational fears, however, those fears usually come from something that we experienced as a child. Irrational fears are specific to things that we have been traumatized by or uh, nearly traumatized by, um, and and we we bring them back up. Oh, we know this can happen. I remember when I was a child, I used to go into the woods across the street from my house and waller, literally waller around in the grasses and the dirt and the bushes and the climb the trees with no shirt on with poison ivy all over the trees and never thought a thing about snakes, never thought a thing about snakes until one day I saw a snake. And then all of a sudden I became very afraid of snakes because why? I knew now that there were snakes in the woods. I didn't know that before. If I, I mean, I did know it, but I didn't, had never seen them, had never experienced it, so I just didn't pay much attention to that. And that's the way our fears are. Once we realize something bad, so quote unquote bad, can happen, well, then we we think it's going to happen, and so we're on alert more than usual that it might happen. Um, so, so w- that's the way our our fears operate. And so, when we have an irrational fear, it's usually something like that. And we can self-soothe that fear. And sometimes we can get real healing about old childhood traumas by just trying to self-soothe a fear that's irrational. And that's how our emotions can bring us healing. So that's why they're so important to feel these emotions and recognize them and see what's really going on with them instead of sending them away or just expressing them all over somebody else and blowing up over somebody else. And um, this thing of road rage is made up of that, you're the problem. I don't have to look inside myself. You're the problem. And if you just stop doing what you're doing, I'd be fine. Um, and that and that is completely, absolutely, 100% false. Um, nobody else is the problem with regard to your emotions. Your emotions belong to you, and you are 100% responsible for them. 
And that's something we haven't been taught. We have not been taught that we are 100% responsible for our emotions. We don't, we, we think that they are caused by someone else, that someone else put them there, and that if we could just get that somebody else to do or stop doing what they're doing, then everything would be just fine, peachy keen. Uh, but it's not true because our emotions come from inside us, and that's the part of us that we have spent generations ignoring, centuries ignoring. Um, and, and so uh, what that whole process of paying attention to an irrational emotion does get us to another place. We don't want to just dismiss it and say, oh, you're irrational, I don't think about you, because it's going to come back up because our irrational emotions do come back up. Why? Because there's unresolved material in our psyche that needs for us to look at it and resolve it. And how do we resolve it? We resolve it by laying hands on it, by healing it, by, by, by paying attention to it, lovingly paying attention to it, and, uh, and, and allowing it to express itself as what it is. So these are some of the things that we can do to deal with our difficult emotions. But by, again, I want to say when we're dealing with them, we're not trying to control them. I do not want to control my emotions. I want my, my emotions to be a friend who sits beside me and talks to me and tells me what's going on in there. Um, and, and I don't want to just express them over, all over somebody else either. I don't want to call my emotions negative or positive. They are just raw material. They aren't negative. They aren't positive. Um, and calling them that means that we're going to do something like repress or overly express. Uh, and, uh, and, and so we're just repeating the same old mantras but using new age terms for them when we call our, our uh, emotions negative or positive. So uh, um, I, I've given some ideas today about how we can deal with this. And, and I want to I say it's really important for us to keep in mind this thing that we're dealing with is real. It's not imaginary. We're not making it up. And I know there's people who voted for Trump who would say, well, this is just all your imagination. You're just scared for no reason. We were scared when you guys elected Obama. Um, but the, the reason this is different is because Obama was not elected on lies and threats. He was elected on truth. And though there were lies told about him that frightened the people who voted against him, he was not elected on those uh, those lies. He was elected on the truth of who he is and the, uh, the campaign of yes, we can. So what I want to say again to us all is yes, we can. We still can. Um, we did it when we elected him, and we can still do it now. We have to become involved. And I think that's one of the blessings, if there's a silver lining in this, it is that we are now being given the opportunity greater than ever before in the history of America to become involved. We, we, we have sort of just said, well, um, you know, the president's got this, the Congress has got this, I don't really need to pay that much attention to what's going on. They've got it, and I've already voted, so that's my only civic duty. That's all I need to do. And now we're finding out that there's far more to this whole thing of being we the people than just voting. There is much more that needs to be done and said by us um, so that we can really be a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Um, and that's what this presents us with. It presents us with that in an external fashion. And internally, 
what it does is present us with an opportunity to get to know the feminine archetype, which if we'd had a, a, a female president, that possibly would have done the same thing. But either way, we're being forced to have to look inside of ourselves and say what's going on in there. We can do the same old things we've always done, not deal with our feelings, repress them, call them negative, um, send them away, pretend they're not there until we blow on somebody else. We can do the same thing we've always done, or we can start doing something different. And that would be to do some of the things that we've talked about today, to get in touch with our emotions, to sit with our emotions, to listen to our emotions, to allow them to express to us, and to, to learn how to self-soothe, to learn how to to uh, participate in our emotions enough to be able to say, well, that's an ir- irrational emotion, and that's a that's a rational emotion. Uh, my rational emotions might be trying to get me to do something different. My irrational emotions might be trying to heal me of some old resol- unresolved material that I need to heal. And so the, these are some of the ways that the, the feminine archetype is stepping forward onto the scene and saying to us, you're going to have to go inside. Uh, we're also going to have to go inside and look at our shadow because Donald J. Trump is the shadow of the American consciousness. He is hate. He is bigotry. He's lies. He's all those things that we've been doing for years and years and years under the covers of, pol- of politics, saying to ourselves, well, that's just politics. That's, you know, that's just politics. That's just how it is. Um, lots of things about women that he has done are part of the shadow material of the American consciousness. So this gives us an opportunity to look at that shadow and begin to 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 find out what it's really saying to us and begin to use the parts that we can and throw away the rest. So there's a lot that's being done today in our external world that's pushing us to get in touch with our internal world. And that also is a silver lining here. Okay, so that's our show for today. And uh, we're going to be back again next week. And I want to remind you that uh, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.